0: Good morning. Yes, I hope you guys all had a good week. I looked at communion this morning, I said, wow, we're going to be triple blessed this week. Had <laughs> communion last week, and then today, and Sunday, I mean, it's great, great, great. Well, my name is Tom Simbo, I think, last time I checked. Yeah. Thank you, boy. Wow, that's too bright. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, The last words of Jesus, you know, for 11 years and three months, I served as a hospice chaplain in uh, Colorado, the United States. And it was always interesting when families want to stay close by when their loved one is dying. You know, children, husbands, wives, and they want to see and or hear if they have anything to say. And Jesus did talk a lot in the Gospels. But today we're going to look at seven statements he made while he hung on the cross. Seven. You know the word the number seven in the Bible means complete. Right? And uh, let's pray. Father, we stand and sit beneath your cross, the cross where your Son paid the ultimate price for our sins. Look down upon us and be merciful. Be gracious and speak to us through these words, in Jesus' name, amen. When we meet on Sundays, we meet in the light of the resurrection. Every time we meet on Sunday at church, we are celebrating the resurrection. But today, it's different. On this Good Friday, in the history of the church, we reflect on the terrible things that happened to our Lord Jesus Christ. It was a day of sorrow, a day of disappointment, a day where people who have given their time and energy to follow him have lost hope. Over three and a half years, Jesus ministered, talking to people through sermon, prayers, teaching on the roadside, discussing with the low and the common, But on Good Friday, Jesus was not in a relaxed mood. He spoke these words in a very deep, agonizing, and painful ways. He uttered them between deep breaths. He muster some strength to cry out. Those words were brief, but they are very powerful. So let us look at them. Let us look at those seven words. First, they were words of intercession. Words of intercession. There you know the high priest, Jesus, was speaking. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what to do. In Luke 23, verse 34, Father, forgive them. You will only expect that from Jesus. The one who was taught for three and a half years, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. It was a selfless intercession. One author, Arthur Pink, says this, in praying for his enemies, not only did Jesus Christ set before us a perfect example of how we should treat those who wrong us, and hate us, but also he taught us never to regard them as beyond the reach of prayer, never. Those people who we think, oh, they don't care about God. They hurt us so much. Jesus says, pray for them. And here he was on the cross, not thinking about his own suffering, but interceding, crying out to his father, forgive them. And who are the them? Well, the soldiers, Pilate, the religious elite, but you, You know, for the religious elite, in John chapter 11, when Jesus raised Lazarus, they said, let's get rid of this guy. Or he's going to be more popular. And so they thought, by killing Jesus, it was going to be the end. So appropriate that Jesus who prayed, they did not know what they were doing. (laughs) They did not. The second words that came out of Jesus' mouth on the cross were words of assurance. And thank you for reading that point. Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus was talking to one of the criminals hanging with him. One has derided him, mocked him, But one looked at his friend and said you are crazy, you don't know what you're talking about. We deserve what we are getting but this man, this man does not deserve what he's getting. And in his own way looked up to Jesus and said remember me. When you come into your kingdom. And to him, Jesus said these words. He assured him that today you will be with me in paradise. You know, for us Baptists who say, What? He was not baptized. <laughs> yeah. What happened? The guy is going to heaven without any baptism. You know, when we get to heaven, we should ask Jesus about that. (laughs) But talk about instant answer to prayer. (laughs) Instant. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, well, maybe next year. Maybe two weeks later. But he said, today. I assure you today that criminal represents you and I. At one point, we were estranged from God. We were like one of the other criminals who did not have anything to do with Jesus. But at some point, when his spirit touched our hearts, we said to him, you don't deserve what you got. Forgive me. Remember me. Remember me. But this offers hope for us. You know, in First John chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, he says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. that guy on the cross said it remember me when you come into your kingdom so when you pray when I pray Lord forgive me I have hope and assurance that he does forgive amen words of assurance But then, on the, by the cross, there were several people around. There were the soldiers, there were others. But there was a lady and a gentleman to whom Jesus said the next words. The third word words of affection. Words of affection. Jesus hanging there on the cross in pain, looked down and saw his mother, Mary. And he said to her, woman, behold your son. And then he turned to the disciple whom he loved, John, and said, son, behold your mother. Words of affection. This shows a filial affection between mother, who is close by his son, her son at the most crucial moment of his life, and a son who is seeking his mother's welfare. Woman, behold your son. Mary had been there when Jesus came into the world she's there when he's leaving the world. Those of you who are mothers in this room, look at the cross. Think of Mary as she stood there watching her son being accused falsely nailed to the cross dying like a criminal but yet that son Still cares for his mom. You know what this also illustrates? It shows how we become families of the church, in the church. We call ourselves brothers and sisters, right? Not by blood of human beings, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. We claim. Family. In first John three verse one, it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has given unto us that we should be called the children of God. What a privilege! What a privilege. You and I are God's children. We are brothers and sisters not by the blood of human beings, but by the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Words of affection. ah, After three hours of suffering, feeling the burden and the weight upon him, of your sin, of my sin. He cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Words of abandonment. Jesus felt his father could not look at him at that moment. What is the theological significance of that? In Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2, Isaiah says, The hand of the Lord is not shut. His ears are not deaf that he could not hear. But your sins have separated you from him. This is what Jesus was feeling. He had the sins of the world upon him. And a righteous God could not look at His Son, brothers and sisters. There's not all the theological significance of those statements, but there's an atoning significance. Paul says in Second Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty-one, "He who knew no sin." He who knew no sin became sin for us. The perfect Lamb of God was now bearing our sins upon him. But also examine the practical significance of those words for each one of us as Christians. If God the Father will not look upon his Son the moment he bore our sins on the cross, we Christians should not expect God to wink his eyes on our sins. Something to think about. If at one point God will say, Because of that, the Father, because you have the sins of the world on you, It's a break. Why do you think God will let you or let me go free when we sin? No. He's still a righteous God. He's always a righteous God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That brings us to our next words that he spoke. I am thirsty. I am thirsty. You know, before this time, Jesus, before they nailed him on the cross, had rejected the drink of vinegar that was given to him by the soldiers. But now, after suffering this much, dehydrated drained he cries out I am thirsty I am thirsty it's a plea of relief it was a fulfillment of Scripture too as we read in chapters 69 21 of Psalms. he was foretold that they will give him his drink on a sponge I thirst but he will say to the woman at the well in Samaria I will give you the living water where you will not thirst anymore and because he's, he felt thirsty he can feel your thirst he can feel my thirst The Hebrew writer says, he is our high priest. One that has been touched by everything that we go through in life. I am thirsty, he says. And they did give him something to drink. You know, it's not all just anguish and sorrow and affection. But the next words that came out of Jesus' mouth were words of accomplishment. It is finished. Yeah. You know, in the Greek, it's just one word. Those three words are just one. It is done. A cry of triumph. A cry of triumph. Everything the law required, Christ has fulfilled on behalf of sinners. Amen. And look at these proper statements from scripture. John said in chapter one, verse nine, verse twenty-nine, look the Lamb of God. Who takes away the sins of the world? Those are purple statements from scripture. But next, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Luke 19:10. 10. Mark 10:45, 10, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And Paul says in 1 Timothy 1.15, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. It is finished. All of those purple statements came to a victorious end. On that day, Jesus said it is finished. He was not only talking about his life ending, but the sacrifices in the temple no more, works no more. You cannot add anything on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ to gain salvation, the cross. And the cross alone. Hallelujah. You can't add anything. He said, It is finished. Leave for him. That's all he needs. Confess. And finally, after six hours of agony and suffering, he will cry out words of committal words of committal father i entrust my spirit into your hands now notice two things about these seven words he cried out in a loud voice he wanted his last word to be heard they were from and full of confidence. Notice also that he says the curtain turn into two. Now you have to go back to Exodus 26, 31 to 33 and notice that when they build a temple, there was something that divided the holy place where people sat to worship and the holy of holies where only the high priest went once a year. And so when Jesus cried out, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. When that curtain turned into two, there are three things that were made possible because of that. First, it provided free Unrestricted access to the Father through Christ. You don't need somebody to pray for you to ask Jesus for something. You can do it yourself if you believed in Him. Yeah. You can do it. Second, the opportunity to see God's glory revealed in all the earth. And that curtain turned into two. And thirdly, it's all made possible by the grace, by God's grace in Christ Jesus alone. The curtain turned, the way is open. Anyone, anywhere in the world can look up to the cross and say, Have mercy on me. And you better be sure he says, I forgive you. Your sins are forgiven. You don't need to bring an extra cash to the cross. For your sins to be forgiven. You don't need to crawl. And be in pain. To come to the cross. For your sins to be forgiven. It is finished. He did it. He did it. Praise God. Praise God. Where are you. Under the cross. Where are you. Those seven words were uttered by our Lord to make an emphasis for all that He did the three and a half years He ministered among people. Words of forgiveness, words of assurance, words of affection. words of abandonment, words of anguish, words of accomplishment, words of committal. Where are you under the cross? What are you going through today? Do you need forgiveness? Stand beneath the cross. Do you need to be assured? Ask Jesus. Are you feeling lost? He still cares. Are you feeling abandoned? Are you Losing your battles, come to Him. Long time ago, there was a hymn or a song we sang at Scripture Union comes and I want to share that with you as we go through this final stage. Mm. Jesus' blood can make you free, for he said, the worst among you, when he saved a wretch like me, and I know, yes I know, Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner clean, and I know, yes, I know. Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner cling. To the faint, He give it power. Through the mountains Makes a way Findeth water In the desert Turns the night To golden day And I know Yes, I know. Jesus blood can make the vilest sinner clean. And I know. Yes, I know. Jesus blood can make the vilest sinner clean. Temptations is near you, holds the powers of hell at bay, guides you through the paths of safety, gives you grace for every day. And I know, yes, I know, Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner clean. And I know, yes, I know, Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner clean. Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner clean